This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. Okay, as I half said at the start of last week's Spooko, we actually are now in a carnival (laughs) atmosphere. (laughs) Everything's fun, everything's exciting, everything's mad. Um, look, I got sand to the left of me, sand to the right. It's coming up. It is actually 10 p.m. and I've got a fair bit of work left to do tonight. But it's kind of atmosphere time, so it's good. Shag, something that's contributing to the carnival atmosphere at my end is in my continued quest to read books. And I realize this podcast is not teaching me to watch horror films as much as it is teaching me to read books. But I'm reading... 50 Cent's latest <laughs> book, the name of which is super shit, and I've just forgotten. Uh, it's called, like, Hustle Smart and Work Hard or some fucking garbage. <laughs> hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter, shit name. And I was like, well, I'm not paying for it. And like, and he's reading it, and I was like, yeah, that's fine. Like, there was a time when 50 was my favourite rapper. There was, like, an eight-year period when 50 was my favourite rapper. And um, we should just review a song fairly shortly, I think, Shag, and I think you're going to raise it. Yes, tell well, me, talk I, to me. I mean, I'm, I'm even, Liz, I, like, reviewing the title, Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter, I thought you'd hustle smarter so you didn't have to hustle harder. Like, it, it's kind of like one or the, the other, The point right? of hustling is that it's hard work. It's like, do hard work harder. And it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, one of one of um, 50's great um mottos is one that I'll just have to enjoy right now Shag I'll give this song 8.5 out of 10 Reshes what's up 8.5 out of 10 50 is like the best song I get it in We'll have to start a I Get It In podcast. That is an amazing song. I'm with you. Like, I don't know what your second and first song, but I believe it would be in the top five for me too. Yeah, like, sure. Look, I Get Money's fairly undeniable. 21 Questions, fairly undeniable. I'm not sure if you've seen the TikTok trend where it's like 50 became big by just doing this dance in every clip. (laughs) It's this amazing thing. But it's so good. But this book, right? So I borrowed it. I was like, look, it's for free. It's going to be the shittest book ever and I don't care. Um, And it's going to be like really sanitized and boring and I'm not going to learn anything about any like interesting beefs or whatever. And it's turned out to be the exact opposite. Like, actually genuine real advice that I'm like, oh, that's actually quite an interesting way to look at the world. And he goes deep into real beasts. And, and can I say, I, I, like, this is absolutely true. 
there's been a couple of times this week where Peach has messaged me with like, well, 50 would say you should do this. <laughs> like, 50, like 50 like has genuinely helped you in your life. I'm really excited by this. Anyway, go on. So, tell tell like, me about well, these beers. Like, if 50 was here, he'd be like, fucking Peach and Shag, you fucked up accepting free beers. You should have hit up Rashes for equity in Rashes and, you know, you should have played the long game. <laughs> Can you imagine if Rashes gave us equity in Rashes just no, because no, you like, asked be like, for yeah, it? Yeah, well, look, you're like helping project their image out of the marketplace and I should give you some points. So, you know, you should try to take a point or two points. <laughs> 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 and he has all these amazing little anecdotes, but um, like, but you're right. One of the most amazing things is look, we don't all love um early era G Unit as much as I do. And Shay, could you just cut in straight out of Southside G Unit's best song, um, that I give eight and a half out of ten. <laughs> um, fair use, fair use. That we'll just play. That we'll just play play a bit of now. Um, I review. I reviewed it ten years ago for a real publication that published my music reviews. And one of the striking things about this song is that it's completely undeniable with its beat, mid-2000s, and RIP in advance to all my enemies. Starts off with a Lloyd Banks verse, fine. We then go to a Yayo verse. Um, And Tony Yeager's like, yeah, man, I'm going to get you killed while I'm in London. Oh, it'll cost me $500. And you're like, Tony Yeager, you're mad. And so the breakdown of G-Unit was the breakdown of the relationship between Tony Yeager, um, 50, and Lloyd Banks. And fucking 50 devotes a chapter to why Lloyd Banks and Tony Yeager are shit people to be in business with, but why it was a good decision to like chase them in the first place. And it's this amazing amazing reflection on how Tony Yayo was too rugged and too street and he hadn't had enough time dealing with record execs to know how to do it. And Lloyd Banks was too much in his head um, to really get it moving. But a couple of anecdotes stick out and I've got heaps of them written down. And I'm sort of getting a bit bored of, of telling you about them because they're all so brilliant. But there's just this one where <laughs> he reflects on how Blockbuster and Black, Blackberry didn't know that they'd fallen off when they were in the middle of it. And it only took, you know, it, it only took the passage of time to explain it to them. And he's like, look, if I didn't evolve into finally becoming a TV producer, which is really what I wanted to do the whole time, then I'd just be another rapper who fell off after a couple of albums and was never really relevant again. I'd make my rounds on the shows and podcasts, spending my time talking about how rappers today can't really spit. And it was just this amazing dismissive line of calling out like every single other MC of his generation. And now he's like, look, I'm still relevant, man. Heaps of deals in the pipeline, heaps of TV deals in the pipeline. TV is really what I wanted to do. And it's this awesome way that sort of led me to understand that writing your memoir is a way for you to rewrite history, just however you wanted it to be. And it's the greatest book I've ever read. And I recommend it to everyone. (laughs) Hustle smarter, hustle hustler. Well, I knew at some point you'd need to get that off your chest. But when you started talking about 50 Cent's book, I started, for some, like my brain immediately went to New York because 50 Cent's such an iconic New York rapper. Yeah, man. And I started thinking about 
and I think purely because I'd gone back to Pumpkinhead and, I, and I'd gone back to, you know, those 80s classic horror aisle films. He's an iconic New York uh, villain. <laughs> well, I no, but there buy you New York villain. Yeah. No, 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 no. What I mean is, there's, there's this like, there's, there's a whole bunch of films from horror films from the '80s where like New York's a character in the film because obviously in the '80s New York was a really scary place, and we even knew that in Australia it's like, oh, there's lots of crime and it's spooky and it's big and like shit happens to you after dark. And there's one particular film I've wanted to do pretty much ever since we started this podcast purely because you know as as much as we mention the Simpsons in this podcast as we do horror films like it's a Simpsons reference amongst like and it's been a reference in so many different like TV shows and I think purely based on the name which is amazing so today we are doing a film from 1984 an American werewolf in New York oh no it's not no we're not we're doing a film called Chud Beneath the city of New York are living catacombs, an endless maze of subterranean tunnels, unfit for anything human, unauthorized for anything experimental, Hold it. Stop moving up ahead at the top. and unlikely to bring anyone down there. So, they're coming up. Chud, they're not staying down there anymore. So earlier we were talking about 50 cents, I get it in, right? And one of the things he says in his book is, I don't really drink, but it helps to sell liquor if you um, talk about how much you drink. And so, um, yeah, that's what I did. I made a lot of money selling liquor. So that's what you should do too. Um, Chud like raises one of the issues that I think gets raised in The Dark Knight of if you have a light source where your eyes are, like if your eyes are a light source, then doesn't that actually blind your visual, your ability to perceive things visually? Like there's just a light shining directly where your where your eyes are. Like the chuds, chuds, um, they have lights for eyes. Yeah. I'm I'm excited though. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. It's a truly cult film. Like I feel like I say this about every horror film, but it, in truth, like a lot of them really are. And this one especially gets mentioned so much. As Peach mentioned, chuds are things. It stands for cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers, or does it? Ooh. I'll let that. Oh. Anyway, but but they are basically they they sort of look like demons. You see them in the trailer. They do have glowing eyes, but again, there's probably a reason for them to be glowing, so we'll get to that too. But there are a couple of things I want to say about this film that I think is really interesting before we start. Mm. First of all, this film is based on like a true thing that happens in, you know, large cities with vast subway networks like New York. So, you know, this is probably something that does happen in Tokyo, that happens in London, that happens in Paris, definitely happens in New York in that a lot of people who don't, a lot of homeless people, a lot of destitute people, people who don't have homes find themselves living underground and essentially living in the subway. And I think what's interesting about this is... I, I like I did a very small amount of research. I did a very like uh, like very Google desk research. So they call it a peach amount. Yeah, yeah. I'm I sure. did a peach amount of research, and there wasn't a real 
big expose story written about them until 1993. Now, I, I don't know how this stat come came out, but there's a stat from last year that says there's a, approximately 2,000 people currently living under New York right now. Someone's like, I saw this film Chud and it got me thinking about... <laughs> No, no, but what I, what my I guess my point was in 1993 they were writing about this, so it was rumor. It, before that, it was a rumor or potentially experiences people had had, which I think is is super cool. The second thing I want to say about this film is that remember us by Jordan Peele, episode ten of this part. So in the very first frame, so not even the first scene, the first frame of us when we're in 1984 and we're in that girl's bedroom as she's watching TV, on top of the TV, there's a VHS copy of Chud and it is not unintentional that it's there. So in 50 Cent's Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter, um, this is 50.com, what he says is that the reason he wrote How to Rob was so he could just blow free smoke at rappers because at that stage you didn't really call anyone's out and call out anyone's name on a rap, on a record. Yeah, and just just to cut in here, how to rob is like essentially the track that made Fifty famous, in which he basically dissed every every like popular rapper that was around at the time. Yeah, like up till then you only did subliminals. Like Fifty raises the example of Nas being like, "Oh, who'd have three TVs in your car?" And everyone knows Jay Z had three TVs in his car, and so oh, Nas got him there. But also, who would have three TVs in their car? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe in the late nineties, it was a super smart thing to do. But here, Fifty's like, "Man, if you're making a horror film, the way to do it is to drop the name of other horror films in there for people to know you're legit." <laughs> <laughs> 50 would endorse this <laughs> he'd probably take a point he'd be like well it sounds pretty good I'll take a point of that because I, I read this fact and I was like that's weird I wonder why and then I read a bunch of articles that were like didn't understand us watch chart and so the more I read into this and you know I've, I've now seen chart although you know how you've talked about how you read books at one and a half speed so you can be like I get them super Two quick speed, I get speed, my yeah. book you read them at double speed. I watched this film at 1.75 speed because it was on YouTube and it was not as scary as it would have been at single speed. But I got through it in like less than an hour and it was amazing. Isn't it the best? It's the it's best the thing. Best. It was like an hour later. I was like, I've just watched a movie. What the fuck? Now I'm like, maybe triple speed would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't do double speed because at double speed it got too comical and like softly spoken moments were impossible to hear yeah. and I missed bits of action. <laughs> but I got the main gist. Anyway, so let's do CHUD. Okay, so CHUD, Cannibalist, well, it's, it's, it's an acronym, C-H-U-D, and according to the poster, that stands for Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dwellers, but we'll see. I must say, I didn't not understand us, I've got to say. Like, I, like, <laughs> I didn't even see it and I got it. <laughs> like, decipher the hidden meaning. <laughs> no, the hidden meaning was it was about chart. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, cool. That sounds good. Okay, so the film opens with a woman, Flora Bosch, and it's usually weird when we know immediately the name of a woman who's about to become a victim because it's a horror yeah. movie, so... But there's a reason. So anyway, she's walking her dog down an empty, darkened city street. And again, it's that thing where, like, it's so weird to think about, like, 
an inner city New York street being like, this is like a really scary place at night, but it's like it look like it's the spookiest place in the world. And basically, she gets up to a manhole, and the camera is basically down at foot level. And then the dog's doing something, so she turns around, and then the manhole opens, and this like demon claw reaches up, grabs her, and just pulls her and her dog through the manhole and closes the manhole. Questions, questions, yeah. questions, questions. Do okay. we get a sense through the film of how the chuds can sense when someone's walking past a manhole <laughs> and stopping there? Because <laughs> that is a miracle. That is a complete miracle from a chud's perspective. <laughs> the answer's no, I take from I take the answer. From that. Look, I mean, if I missed it in my very quick viewing of it. There is a lot of exposition in this movie. It is an <laughs> 80s film. So there's moments where it's like, did you know the government's doing this? Blah, 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 blah. Um, so anyway, so, so George Cooper is a once prominent fashion photographer, has since foregone <laughs> fame and fortune and is living with his girlfriend, Lauren. So his current project is photographing New York City's homeless population, specifically those known as undergrounders or people who reside within the bowels of the city. And we know this because there's a moment when it starts where he's taking photos through the window of the homeless people. And we know they're homeless because they're very Dickensian. Every homeless person in this film has like soot all over their face. And that's how you know. Please, sir. Which is actually kind of fucked because it made me think that films and like popular media has fucked up our understanding of disadvantage because, as we know, it only takes a couple of bad things to happen in your life for you to become homeless and homeless people look like everybody else. But in films, they look completely different, so you're allowed to be like, well, they're a different people and I don't have to worry about them, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that's another story. I don't have any soot on my face. I'm all right. (laughs) 50 was homeless briefly. Then he stayed with his grandparents. He got along better with his granddad uh, because he hustled his way out of having to go to church on Sundays, which his granddad respected. So, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> his granddad respected. His granddad's like, I hate church too. <laughs> I think I want to read this book now. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> so NYPD Captain Bosch has a personal interest in the recent flood of missing persons being reported to his precinct as Flora, his wife, remains missing. Now, we need to also know that people have gone missing, but yes, they have started going missing <laughs> in his precinct, which is the area where the chud took his wife down. Like, I, I love that he's back at work. He's like, oh, it's been a tough time for me. My <laughs> wife's missing and, you know, there's a lot of pressure at work. It's like, oh. I also love that he's like, I've got oh, a personal <laughs> interest in this case. <laughs> I'm going to keep my eye on this one. Yeah, it's like, I really, yeah, I'm going to divide a bit of extra time, a bit of extra curriculum. I wonder where yeah. she went. Chuds, eh? I'm not just. I love this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so Bosch interviews this guy called AJ the Reverend Shepherd, who runs the local homeless shelter. And this homeless shelter actually looks like something from Oliver Twist. Like there's steam coming out of the walls. It's underground. Everything's covered in soot. All the food that looks like gruel is served in like metal plates. It's just like <laughs> the 80s were a wild place. You could say anything like, about um, anyone. 
Robin Williams, the Fisher King, is about to pop out of somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Now, AJ tells Captain Bosch that not only have, like, people who aren't homeless gone missing, but he has a lot of people that come to his shelter who he calls the undergrounders who've also gone missing and only the undergrounders have gone missing. And he's like, everybody knows there's something going on. We just don't know what. And he thinks it's a government conspiracy. Fifty's advice is to keep your ear to the streets. And so that's, (laughs) (laughs) this is the way to go about it. This is good. Meanwhile, Bosch's superiors know more than they are letting on and seem to be taking their cues from Wilson, who works for the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. Now, Wilson becomes becomes a bit of a character in this film. And here's an interesting thing. The family in Us were the Wilson family. Oh, now I actually understand Us. So that's good. I I can finally get it. Yeah. We quickly reveal, and what's interesting about this film, even though the trailer makes you think that like you're going to see chuds all the time and they're going to be killing heaps of people, there's not actually a lot of chud viewing, and there's actually not. <laughs> the trailer was like a hundred percent chuds. <laughs> there was zero mistake. It was like here's them, here's, here's what we're going to see. <laughs> and and I guess this is this is my this is my point that I was making when we saw Terrifier, where. Films like Terrifier, that's like, let's return to the classic 80s. And it's like, you miss the point. Like, they all hooked you in by being like, this movie's about chuds. But then it actually turned out to be a government conspiracy. Not just a clown who writes his name in poo on the wall and likes to eat people. Anyway. I must say, using Terrifier as a gauge is pretty tough for other horror (laughs) movies. It strikes me as an outlier. So it turns out that monsters are lurking beneath the streets. Beings that were once human but have been mutated by radioactive chemical toxic waste into hideous flesh-eating creatures that prey on the homeless who live in the underground. Now, fun fact about this film, originally it was meant to be a comment on how society fucks up everybody. Like, you know, all of society is basically standing atop of the poorest people rather than lifting them up. Because originally it was supposed to be that it was the homeless people who lived underground that became the chuds and that was going to be the reveal. But again, the 80s, they were like, that's a bit too spicy for American audiences. We'll just make them somebody else who became and they're eating the homeless people who live under. So they never actually explain who becomes chuds if it's not the homeless people who live down there. It's a fairly dramatic as well mutation of like like this like now this is what we look like and we all uniformly look like chuds. <laughs> was chud an insult while we were at high school? Were people called chuds? I think it was. It was like oh chud, you chud. I've I've actually recently discovered that for like really traumatic events in your life, you just completely block them out from your memory. Like it's just, it's a self-defense mechanism of the body. And a lot of high school's like that for me. It's like things are reminded or I hear names or faces and I'm like, oh, oh, there's there's that uncomfortable memory. There it is. Thought you'd uh, gone. Yes. <laughs> I was walking into a restaurant and saw a couple of people who you obviously don't remember outside <laughs> who did a wave and I was like, eh, like, <laughs> like I'm I'm pretty friendly and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's I, all right. Yeah, I, wave yeah. it up. I do like wave when, it up. when it becomes like an ad on, you know, Instagram or Facebook and you're like, what? Like again, we've talked about this, but it's like, what are you doing? Anyway, let's keep going. <laughs> 
So given the recent drop in the underground transient population, because they're wise to it, the creatures have resorted to coming to the surface through sewer manholes who's, to feed. Who's uh, taking this data of the, uh, the census, <laughs> the underground census? <laughs> and also potentially they're just doing it randomly and Madame Bosch was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. But yeah. to be honest, when she walks past, they know she's there. Like they lit- It's just a hand that comes up and pulls her straight down. Like they're heavy. Those like cars can drive over those manhole covers. So through a, se- I love when Wikipedia says something like this. So Wikipedia now says through a series of events, <laughs> both George Deus Ex events, <laughs> both George, so the photographer and AJ the Reverend find themselves trapped in the sewers. Now one of the reporter gets involved and eaten. And then, like, so they do have, like, so they go down into the sewers to, like, you know, like, uncover the conspiracy. And while they're down there, they see some dead bodies. They see some scary shit. There's, there's like, a bit of gore. Like, it's not an ungory film. um, But it's it's not, like, it's not super spooko. But then there's this awesome scene with Lauren. So the partner of George, who is in having a shower and there's a clog it's not a pervy scene as well like you know memo to the lodge it doesn't have to be a pervy shower scene to still be creepy so she is having a shower and she's like oh the shower drain's clogged and weirdly she puts like a bit of like a bit of wire like down like a like a hard metal bit of wire to unclog the drain and there's this moment where, like, this splat of huge splat of, like, blood and flesh comes out of the drain and splats her and the whole shower. And then it just cuts <laughs> to the next scene. It's just really weird. Oh, it's disgusting. It and weird. I don't know. All right, let me wait. I'm getting distracted by how bad I need to wait. I'll be back in 30 seconds. taken by one of the chuds oh man okay we're good to go all right so uh, again i was watching in a very fast time so i think i (laughs) I missed this point but at some point as well i think because of the clog drain she goes down to the basement of her building because she's quite handy and opens like a vent to the sewer to find out what's going on there might be a chud down here and i just really need to (laughs) So meanwhile, we go back to the sewers where AJ the Reverend and George the Photographer are still stuck down there and they discover that the Nuclear Regulatory Commission is directly involved in the slaughter that has been going on. Although the political bureaucracy has forbidden the NRC to transport the toxic waste through New York because of the large-scale danger to the public, it has secretly been hiding the waste byproducts marked Mm -hmm. as contamination hazard urban disposal or chud beneath Manhattan in the abandoned subway tunnels. And there's a moment where they read it and they're like, oh, my God, chud. And it's that moment where you hear the name of the film in the film and it's amazing. 
Oh, sick. Well, hang on. But have we used the alternate form, the cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller earlier? No. But here's the cool. No one's ever used that term. So that term's on the marketing and it's on the poster. But even even the title of the film is just the acronym Chud. Sick. So it's actually a cool, it's a pretty cool twist. Except that it turns out it's a government conspiracy and not actually sort of central to the plot. It's like, oh, some people outside of the plot were responsible for all the plot. So, yeah, good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, remember there's Wilson who's from the NRC who seems to be directing the police to be doing stuff. In fairness to you, I had forgotten about Wilson. That's fine. (laughs) Reminds me of us. Now, to protect this secret, Wilson plans to seal the sewers, open up some gas lines, and asphyxiate the chuds and any witnesses of their existence. <laughs> Shit, okay. <laughs> Which, again, like, and so, so two things about chuds. Number one, because they're made from radioactivity, their eyes glow. Like, I think in 80s movie logic, that makes sense. Fine. I defer to but, 80s movie logic. But I love that but, Wilson's like, I need to protect the chuds. So I need to protect <laughs> knowledge of the chuds. <laughs> but also my other thing is it's like, how do we know that like putting gas downs there is going to kill them if they're not human and yeah. their eyes glow? Yeah, so I'm with you. Like I, I, I cannot advance that excellent suggestion beyond saying I'm not sure Wilson is in his right mind. He might himself be a chud. Now, meanwhile, one of the spookiest scenes in the film, and in fact, one of the... F- the one of the scenes that's worth checking out yeah. if you wanted to look at one is we cut back to Lauren who there's a point where she opens a door to a cupboard and a chud just like bursts through the door. Like, and it's like, like literally like through the walls and it's, it's super spooky. Like, even though you know that they look pretty daggy and dodgy and it's clearly just a man in a suit that's like a bit sticky or whatever, it's just done really well. And so... She then closes She closes the door and puts all this stuff in front of it and then just sits and sort of hides. And there's a good moment where we cut to other things where we're like, oh, okay, well, maybe she's like, they don't draw it out. It's not like this self-contained scene. Oh, sick. So we then cut back to her and we assume she's actually probably been in that situation for a little while. And she's like, well, I haven't heard any chuds for a while. And she goes into another room and then a chud comes down through the, like through the ceiling and it's like, Oh fuck. And so she closes that door. And so she tries to unblock the door. And then, and again, it's like going back to that. Well, if my, if my shower's blocked, I better go down to the sewage drain in my building. It's, like I don't think the creators of this film had a really good understanding of how buildings work because at this point the chud just burst through one of the walls and I'm pretty sure walls aren't things you can just burst through. Why? Like why are they targeting her as well? Why are there multiple chuds pursuing her? Well, it's actually just the one chud it turns out that's just okay. been like able to just get around, right? Well, if you remember correctly that they're now coming out of the sewers because they run out of food downstairs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, there's a super cool scene here where the Chud's about to get her and you know how it it feels like a specifically 80s thing or like a really lame teenage boy thing of having a decorative samurai sword in your room? Yeah, yeah, hugely, hugely. It feels like if anyone sort of smokes cannabis into their 20s, it is someone who has a decorative samurai sword. (laughs) So anyway, she picks up this decorative samurai sword and this chud comes at her and there's a moment where you see its head, like weirdly the head sort of elongates and 
it's 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 kind of unsettling. It's like it's it's almost like the thing's mutating as she's as it's standing there in front of her. And so she just chops its head off, leaving this like greeny stump, like spurting like green stuff. Like it's just it's just a weirdly strange and cool scene that you just wouldn't see anymore. I'm about it actually. I'm having fun. Anyway, later that evening at a diner, two police officers and the waitress are killed and carried off by chuds, which st- which finally means that nobody can deny that New York's being overtaken by chuds. So Wilson can't deny this anymore. Like, it's a thing that's happening. Uh, there's no cover-up that's going to work. George and AJ recover a camera set left behind by an NRC, NRC crew slain by the mutants during a previous cleanup attempt and use it to report their findings to Bosch. So Bosch then finds out what's going on. He confronts Wilson. Wilson shoots him. This, is, this all happens outside, by the way. Because Will- <laughs> Wilson's about to, like, set off the gas. So he's instructed all these trucks to cover the manholes around NYC so no one can get out. Um, Wilson's like, no, fuck this. Shoots Bosch, gets in a car and drives away. Uh, Bosch manages, still shot, to uncover one of the manholes, which luckily was where AJ and George were coming out of. So they crawl out of it. (laughs) Now, they help Bosch and then AJ grabs the gun which I guess Bosch dropped on <laughs> after he shot him and got into a truck. And, and like, because then Bosch is like, no, for some reason I've got to kill everybody. So he's in this truck and he turns around and he's trying to ram them all. But then what? AJ shoots him with the gun, and so, which means the truck dips slightly into a manhole and then the truck just completely explodes. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, Bosch says to AJ, like he's almost dying, but he's like, nice shot. And then we see George and Laura reunited and they have a big smooch and then that's the end of Chart. So the final line is nice shot? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. And so this film now enjoys cult status for being a little bit shit. Like that's how you get cult <laughs> status, is it not? It's like people <laughs> like it and it's sort of shit. I think I think there's a there's a few reasons. I like the fact that it's a bit of there's, – there's quite a bit of a bait and switch. Like – it it isn't the film you expect it's going to be. Yeah, okay. I like I like the fact that Chad has another meaning. It's and and I think the other thing about cult films often it's just the right place at the right time. Yeah, okay. Like, like there it, are a it, lot of films. Like for example, like and, and I stand by this. Empire Records is garbage, but for some reason, it just was in the right place at the right time for a very select group of our peers, and is now held up as like an untouchable cult classic. Is it? Uh, This was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?